Welcome to the Cocktails and Pajamas podcast. Thank you for joining us. This is Jennifer, and I am drinking some Pinot Noir and wearing my palm tree Christmas pajamas in July. I'm Natasha, and I have my pink Moscato, and I am just wearing, I don't know, little cami. Hi, I'm Heather, and I am drinking some white wine. And I'm just wearing my normal tank top and sleep shorts. Today we're going to be talking with an author about authors doing other things besides writing. And today we have with us Willa Winters. She is a Wall Street Journal and U.S. Today bestselling author. Welcome, Willow. Hi, thank you guys for having me. And I'm, I've got my beer with me. I'm drinking beer. And I lied. I said I was going to wear my silk PJs that I got specifically for the book that I was just writing. But instead, I'm in a little Yoda PJ <laughs> that says snack and nap. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I stained the silk ones before, <laughs> before this started. So they had to go. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> well, you have a little one, so of course you stained them. So it's, it's yeah, okay. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself before we get started? Um, well, I'm a mom. I'm a stay-at-home mom turned writer. Um, I've been in the industry self-publishing for five years. I am solely self-published, um, and I love it. I'm a USA Today and Wall Street Journal best-selling author with over 40 novels published, um, although 12 of those are co-written. Um, I like to write a lot of BDSM, a lot of edgy um, stories, although I do have some contemporary novels written as well. A little bit sweeter, a little bit lighter, less conflict. Um, but sometimes, you know, I'm a mood writer, just like I was a mood reader. So I've dabbled into all sorts of things. They all have happily ever afters, though, because I think that that is the most important part. Awesome. 100% agree. <laughs> I, uh, I have to have my HEA. I just, you yeah. know, no, uh, and he dies at the end or she dies at the end. That's that's for the birds. <laughs> I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. So Jen touched on a little bit. Um, you aren't just a writer. Um, you're a mom. You're kind of what I would call an entrepreneur. You dabble in uh, merchandise. Um, you do a ton of charity work. Tell us a little bit about um, how you manage everything. So just this week, I launched a charity collection with seven other authors that will support a charity that um, I created called Top, uh, called Live a Thousand Lives, um, where we donate audio players equipped with 50 classic novels on them, like Moby Dick and Alice in Wonderland, to um, care homes and hospitals so that the low to no mobility patients and individuals can at least listen to books. Because at that point, um, with their physical abilities, they can no longer hold a book um, or function an iPad. So their entertainment is very limited and their interactions are limited. And we all know how um, nurturing, how healthy, and how um, healing reading can be. So uh, we started that charity last year during the COVID pandemic. And um, like I, I, I'm extremely passionate about mental health, and I'm happy to say that we've already sent devices out to several um, facilities who are able to use them, not only to um, give comfort 
to their patients, but also for memory retention programs and other types of, um, oh my goodness, therapeutic sessions that they have. Um, so I do that as well. And not only that, but I also released an app in the UK today. Uh, it's a game app and it's only available in the United Kingdom while we do uh, beta testing on it. So it's early access so that we get feedback. And um, the app is, it's you create an avatar, you create yourself a reading room, and then you create meet cutes with book boyfriends and you vote on what boyfriend is better. And you get points. And um, within the app itself, I have my own books. I have other people's books. I have my own merchandise, which includes clothing and home decor. Um, and it leads to my shop and all that. So yeah, I do. <laughs> I do a lot. <laughs> I get nervous talking about myself. You're I want to like hide behind a glass. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I like to do a lot. I really like to do a lot. And I have a lot of really big dreams. Um, I've come to the point in my career where if I want something and it's not happening, I'll just do it myself. I will make it myself. I will figure out a way where whatever it is that I'm dreaming of, it will come to fruition. Um, I, maybe I'm just stubborn. <laughs> I'm not sure what it is, but I love it. That's exciting, Willow, and I, I'm super proud of you because that's an, a great accomplishment to do all of those. Thank you. You guys can't I'm see, just... but I'm smiling really big. <laughs> they can see you. I meant the listeners. I wasn't oh, yeah, val valid point. <laughs> In doing all of this, though, you're you're a mom. Yes, you're a mom. So I am you know, like you've got three young children. And you're building um, this empire. How do you balance all that? With a lot of help, <laughs> like <laughs> the amount of help, uh, amount of help that I have is insane. I was just speaking to um, the founder of Book in Maine, which has an announcement coming out. That's an app, and um, I can't speak on the announcement or anything. Excellent news, wonderful news. Um, and she asked me, "How are you doing all of this?" And I told her I have a lot of help. I think I counted nine nine people who I employ, um, not including my husband, who is absolutely my partner. When I get something in an email that I don't know what to do, I don't know what it entails, I just forward it to him. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go, honey. This has to be done and I'm relying on you. <laughs> um, he's also the primary caregiver to the kids now at this point, especially um, you know when Cody was a newborn. Literally, I, we had him on the 23rd. We left the hospital the morning of the 25th, and I had a charity collection that went – I'm sorry. It was a an anthology for Top Shelf Romance, not a charity, that went live on the 26th. So three-day-old baby, and I woke up to emails that the file was wrong. So Amazon had messed up the file. So literally all the other outlets were fine, but Amazon is a very big one. So that morning at like 7 a.m., I woke up and I started working, and I hadn't – I didn't stop. Since then, I just hit my groove with a baby on my chest and on the laptop doing my thing, just like I did when Evie was born, which is it's exactly how I started. I started when Evie was born. I just put her on my chest and I just wrote. And now I put Cody on my – well, not anymore. He's seven months and wants, he wants to go. He wants to touch things. He wants to crawl. Um, but in the beginning, that's exactly how I did it. But yeah, even my assistant has an assistant. That's that's so many people I employ. So I couldn't do it without them. I definitely couldn't do it without Sophie. 
Like it's, it's I, great to have a good support system to to keep you to keep definitely. you straight and sane. Yes, the sane part, the focused part is huge because if I feel overwhelmed, I can delegate and everything will be okay. I trust everybody who's involved because they're very passionate about their what they're doing for their aspect of this. That's so awesome. I, I wanted to tell the two stories that I have about you, Willow. Mm. So, so the first one was how I got introduced to you and it must've been, you must've had, uh, one of your, one of your books on, on sale and it was your highest bidder series, um, bought. Now I was, I had told the girls before dark romance isn't really like my thing. It's not my my go-to and I'm, but I'm not one who reads a blurb. I'm not, I will just read it if it's a recommendation by an author, you know, of an author. Mm -hmm. So for some reason I downloaded this, this audible of this book and needless to say it was, I was quite shocked <laughs> when, when this book started bought and I was like, wow, like this is not my usual, like, usual book at all and it had sucked me in that as soon as I finished the first I bought the rest of the series and like I was in love with it so funny story is I used to travel for work back and forth and this was before I didn't want to get an easy pass and there was a quite a explicit scene and it must have just started as I was paying my toll and I had the window down and the woman looked at me with her eyes wide and she was like are you enjoying your drive and I was like yes ma'am <laughs> I was so embarrassed that after that I got an easy pass because I was like I am never going to get caught again listening <laughs> to an explicit sex scene in my car and I was like oh my gosh but after I read that series like I was totally in love with you and your book and the series that you were the main reason I went to Canada to meet you. Mm -hmm. Like I was so excited that you were going to be there and I was going to get to meet you. And I bought the whole series in paperback and you were super sweet. You know, you took the time to talk to me and you're like, Oh my gosh. Yes. Cause I think we had talked on messenger and I was like, yeah, I sent you a friend request. And you're like, well, I'll get rid of someone that doesn't have a Facebook page and I'll, I'll accept it because I'm at my <laughs> limit. And I was like, I think I'm in love with her even more. <laughs> and then like two months later, you like lived in the next door state and you were at book club at Barnes and Nobles. And I was like, I went to a different country to meet her. And all I had to do was go to book club at my local Barnes and Nobles. Yeah. I was like, I can't believe this. And then since then, we, we've hung out at, you know, our girlfriend Dana's. We've went to, uh, you know, dinner together. So it's Cheesecake just factory. small world. I cannot wait to go back to the Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> and I tell you, I need girls night. Um, but I freaking love that story because I literally remember, I think I was like in the center of that room. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, like, I literally had to go all the way to Canada. It was something, the falls, some, is it? Um, it's romancing the falls. Freya Barker's book signing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It was such a wonderful book signing. Funny story. There was an after party at the bar 
Mm -hmm. So I went down to the bar in the hotel and I was looking for artists for um, the collection, All Who'll Ever Be. I wanted art within it. So I'm on Instagram. I'm talking. I'm doing business. I found a guy. Um, I'm, I'm drinking and everything. Hours went by and I didn't realize the party, the after party was upstairs. <laughs> so I got drunk. party of what? I know. I was like drunk working at the bar downstairs waiting for people to show up. And then it was like 1 a.m. And I was like, I wonder, I wonder what happened. <laughs> <laughs> it was excellent though. It was still excellent. <laughs> that does not shock me at all. I know. Right? <laughs> it was just so funny because, you know, you, you have a favorite author and then they <clears> – <throat> They don't live near you, right? They're like mm -hmm. all the way across the country. You're never going to get to meet them. And then to find out that I loved that series and the, and the few other ones I've read since. And I'm like, I could just call right her there. and be like, hey, you want to go have lunch? And you're like, not far at all. So it was just, it was crazy. Mm -hmm. but yeah. I'm never. That was like that. Literally that situation for me was I'm never. I didn't realize how close that she lives to us. Yes, um, she does. Yeah. We actually did um, axe throwing with her. Oh, we um, did it. She I did it. And um, who else came with me? Me and Dana. And yes. And um, someone else. Who was um, it? Oh, Ina from Entice Her Journey. Martin. Amber Martin. No. And um, no, no, it was Ina from Enticing Journey. We went and did axe throwing in uh in Maryland, and I couldn't believe that she lived the town below me. Mm -hmm. I love her. Her owned that series owned. I love it. Talk. That's dark. That's that was my first dark actually reading that book. I think I went in the appropriate order of darkness. I read owned, then I read Tears of Tess, and then I read. Um, Captive in the Dark, and then I read The Life of Anna, and I hit my boundary with The Life of Anna. I was like, oh, there it is. I didn't realize I had triggers. <laughs> Here they are. <laughs> so what made you like writing dark romance? I have no idea. Um, when I'm very happy, I write the most horrible things. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Like all of last year, I was pregnant. And I was a little bit sad. It was quite a sad last year. So a sad year or whatever. Um, and I struggled to write dark. I had a, a trilogy that I was dying to write. Um, it was the last one in my Merciless World. And I did write it. And obviously, I was also pregnant. So there's that aspect of it. Um, but I went through all of my happy stuff. And I wrote for the first time in three years my Tequila Rose for my newsletter, uh, which is published now as an actual book. But when I'm apparently sad, I write happy. And when I'm happy, which I strive to be happy, I'm like, like I, I love being happy. I write some shit. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to cuss or not. You can. Yeah. Okay, good. I write a lot of shit. <laughs> like I just <laughs> the first time I wrote um, Broken, I which was my first standalone dark romance, I was afraid to publish it. And after that, I was gonna write a short story and I was like, this is gonna be just it's nice and light and fluffy. Within the first couple paragraphs, I was describing like abuse happening in the next door house to the kid and she knows, but she doesn't tell anybody and like she feels awful. And and I was just like, why do you have to be abused? But also I like this. Let's see where it goes. <laughs> 
I don't know why I write it, um, but I know that it's very therapeutic. I know that I find that like a lot of comfort in knowing no matter how dark it gets, no matter how horrible things are, there's going to be a happily ever after. And there's a lot of like release and therapy to that. And um, there are a lot of studies also with, you know, darker things and um, more too real moment, <laughs> moments where it offers a lot of therapy to people who um, don't cope the easiest other ways. So I'm glad that I write it. I'm glad that you write it too. Me too. Yeah. We had this discussion with our last episode about um, what I see, like, you know, where I see things on my level at the bookstore level, um, I see a slight uptick in, in, uh, in people requesting dark romance. You know, and the influence TikTok has on it too, but um, TikTok, yeah, TikTok's a huge influence. Um, and you're huge on the book talk, but I, I definitely love book talk. I know it's addictive. <laughs> it's addictive. I love it too. Um, but I've definitely seen an uptick on people requesting dark romance. Hence, we have our naughty and you know we have our naughty and our nice um, tables at work. But um, you know the publishers are very good at publishing the the nice whereas the indies are very good at publishing the naughty um mm -hmm. but it's as a bookseller it's been very challenging for me to find books um that i can bring in at a store level um that aren't indie um mm -hmm. that people want and also that aren't old so i'm pulling yeah. this man and i'm pulling sylvan renard and i'm pulling maya banks and shayla black you know oldies but goodies and, um, but there's the new stuff is all indie. So it's been a very much of a challenge for our store being a romance store, mm -hmm. keeping customers happy because they want to walk out with that book. Now they don't want to have to wait to order it, you know, and when they do leave the store, they order it from Amazon. I try to follow all of the advice that you have given me. Um, always, <laughs> because I know that you know the best ways to go about it, but the indie community in general, I think that there, there isn't an open, like there is no forum where it's easy to follow. It's a very steep learning curve. And a lot of authors don't understand that hitting expanded distribution on Amazon is not necessarily going to get you into bookstores. You also need to publish direct to Barnes & Noble. You need to go onto Ingram. You need to have your paperbacks with volume one on it, volume two, which you told <laughs> me about. I yeah. Tasha, well, she's I, laughing. I, because you, you know, you're not the only author. You're the second yeah. author I told that to. It's like, you know, it's not like I can click on Bookmaster and see series order. It doesn't always show up. Because you have to say, this is the first series in the, Mer this is the first book in the Merciless world. This is the first mm -hmm. book, you know, in whatever world it is, especially for you that do trilogies and duets. So mm -hmm. it's really nice having it on that spine or somewhere on that book, book one, book two, book three. Um, but a lot of people don't know that because, I mean, they don't, they don't know because they don't have a publisher and that is nothing against them. It's just, they don't, they don't have that. But you know, know a lot. we did have a discussion, though, uh, about trends. And um, I'm wondering if publishers are picking up on it because everything's a cartoon cover, which sells great. I will never complain about that because they do well in our store. And there are some amazing books out there. But I've seen the uptick in people asking for the dark romance. They want the Katie Roberts. They want the Willow Winters. You know what I mean? I they want 
Yeah, they want those books with antiheroes. They want the books without just just enough kink to keep them happy. You know what I mean? And I'm not seeing that come out in publishers. I'm seeing all the cartoon covers and I'm seeing all the rom-coms. So I'm wondering when they're going to start paying attention to what the buyer wants or is Amazon always going to get the sale? So I've been offered – so (laughs) I'm not an expert in traditional – at all. Um, but I know stories. I know what I have been offered. And I have heard horror stories with indie authors meeting with an editor who wants them to write different because this is what sells for them. Um, as opposed to you writing what you write and them going after authors who have established fan bases, but also don't write edgy. They aren't risky. Uh, because risky is a risk. Um, like I, when I wrote Broken, that first dark romance, I received death threats. When I wrote the Merciless series, I lost a lot of support. And these are books with dubious consent in them, which is dark and it is risky. And I'm not certain that traditional publishers are ready to go there um, at all. I don't think that I can name a single author who I know who writes with the within those parameters who is traditionally published for those books. Um, Katie Roberts writes on, she airs on dark and sexy, um, but the themes there aren't dark like Pepper Winters. It's not dark like um, C.J. Roberts. Uh, those types of levels, I mean, you would know better than I would, um, romanticizing those themes is mm-hmm. a difficult task to do in a way that is therapeutic mm-hmm. and healthy and still fictional um, without being overtly offensive and problematic. It's a fine line. And I don't know that traditional publishers are ready to go there or if they're even willing to risk it because rom-coms will always sell. Everybody yeah. likes to be happy. Yeah, they they're will. Always- and and yeah. they will. And, and they might have some maybe dark-ish moments in the book, but nothing that compares to, you know, what we read out in the indie world. And I also, you know, you're also have to look at it as a business point of view, you're giving this publisher instant access to years and years and years of work. You've cultivated this fan base. You, you know, you've got these readers that automatically one click and you're just going to hand them over to a publisher that isn't going to do right by you and take all your money. So, you know, it's, it's very difficult, but I can also tell you that, um, it's only going to get harder getting into the bookstores because ultimately when you come down to it, not you, but a lot of these other authors, um, when you look it up in the system, what publisher do you see? You see Amazon. Yeah. You see KDP. You see create space from the older books and Which is we're not going to buy those. Changed. We're not going to buy those. Right. And so, it is- so Jen, Jen, next project, start a publishing company. Start <laughs> romance only. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. I am here for that. Yeah. Willow will be the first one. Yeah. So, so one of your project, or I guess one of your things that you do is a store. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely adore your store. And I have, I believe, one of your mugs. I just haven't found the box. And I have one of your bags. And I take it to every signing that I have. I love it. So tell us about your store. Because I tell you, when I go in there and buy something every single time, 
and I have to control it because I'm like, gotta pay the electric bill this week. I would can't buy Willow stuff. Your mugs are to die for. Yes, started with mugs. It started with mugs, but um, I literally have hundreds of items now. I have free U.S. shipping and coupon code booklove15 for 15% off. Just <laughs> throwing that plug in there. Um, but it literally started with a mug. I wanted to send my PA a mug. And I was searching for a cute bookish mug. I couldn't find a single one that I liked. And I thought, you know what? F this. I'm going to make it myself. I'll make it myself and I'll order it in bulk. And that way I can have one. She can have one. And I'll just sell the rest. And so I bought a bunch of mugs. I bought a bunch of other things. And when I hired my friend Lauren, she looked around my office and said, what's all this stuff doing here? And I said, oh, well, I bought it and I figured I could do giveaways. I could sell some. I just like, I don't know. I don't really manage a shop. She took it over and took it on. And as soon as I saw that it had a learning curve, just like, well, I'm a, I love challenges. So it had a learning curve just like writing did. I was like, ooh, okay, I think I can manage this. Um, and I just took off. Like I just ran with it. And now I launched, um, pool floats yesterday. It's got a big old man on it. Um, (laughs) and so it's like you're laying with a man and it says that kissing book, my book boyfriend gets me wet. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I should get that because now the apartment that I'm in, uh, has a pool. Can you just imagine if I took that with me? Yeah. Like, why? Why did they let this new person into the neighborhood? <laughs> they were like, all right, we need to let her go. We need to let her go. <laughs> and a matching towel. Um, I launched awesome. a jewelry line. I have swimsuits um, because I wanted a bathing suit. Um, so, but there are also bikinis, but I really wanted a bathing suit with like front panel. Um, I was like, I'm just going to, anything that I want to buy, I'm just going to make it myself and share it with everybody else. Because (laughs) that's Well, I adore your store. Thank you. So much. So what, what is, what is the website? So everyone knows what it is. Willowwintersrights.com. And it's rights. Like I write. Well, there is a lot of cute things. Um, I know I've gotten your box once, and it was had so many cute things in it. It was I absolutely loved it. I so. love doing it. It's like like I have a shopping problem, is what my husband says, and this enables my shopping problem. I like for it to be useful things. Um, I want it to be things that I want to keep, things that I want myself. So, I really, I really love it, and I don't intend on stopping anytime soon. So what do you have happening next? So in just, a f- what, six days, I have Hold Me releasing, which is book two of a series called Love the Way You. Kiss Me launched two months ago, and I co-wrote this with Amelia Wilde. And it's like a therapy BDSM type book. It's kind of, The whole Britney Spears right now definitely adds an angle because this is a woman who is in a facility and has a conservator. And she's incredibly wealthy. So he removes her from the facility to be in her own home. And you don't know what the heck happened. But she seems kind of fine, just a little bit sad. Um, and you discover things that happen. But he hires a security team for her that's judged or- judge ordered so that she can be at her own home. And she starts getting with the guy on the down low. 
because they both have these BDSM vibes. He picks it up. Like it's just instant connection type. Like he understands and he thinks it's something that could really help her. And then it goes way downhill from there. And I love it. It's like a roller coaster ride with cuffs. <laughs> like perfect. <laughs> I have to tell you, I didn't think that BDSM would ever interest me. Like until I read you. And I was like, wow, like. That's very interesting. So I, I I was quite surprised when when I was reading your your highest bidder series. I loved writing that with Lauren Landish. She cracks me up. I will never forget. I was like having a mood. Like I was just in a day. Or I was having a day. I was in a mood. Okay, maybe I should stop drinking or not. <laughs> <laughs> But I popped on over to our Google Docs so I could see what she wrote. And I just started – I lost it. She wrote – I forget what we were doing but um, in this scene. But I know that she was out at lunch with a coworker. And she said, I am so salty, just like these fries. And she popped it in her mouth. And I will never forget how, like, it just – it cheered me up out of nowhere. Um, another time we were writing another book and she popped into my messenger and she was like, hey, are you having a bad day? He's a little grumpy. Oh, <laughs> <Aww. laughs> yeah. So, like, she just she's good people, and that was it was an awesome time co-writing with Lauren. Well, Willa, one of the things that you had said earlier that kind of resonated with me, and I was like, why don't I know her yet? Um, uh, what you said with if like if if you see something that you want or think of something that you want and somebody hasn't done it, you're like, I can't wait for this to be done. I'm going to do it myself kind of thing, which is very much how I am with, with so many different things. Um, not quite as, um, motivated as you are, but, um, you do so much <laughs> awesome stuff, but, um, but yeah, like I, I like that, um, because I'm, I'm very similar. So I'm glad that we were able to make this connection. Um, just for that reason, just to know like-minded individuals is always a fun thing. So. Me too. Me too. Yeah. I was just telling my husband, if I don't get a Netflix deal soon for The Merciless World, I looked into it. It's like kind of a Peaky Blinders type vibe, like in terms of graphics and such, a million and a half per episode. So I told him, I was like, <laughs> we don't even have college funds for the kids. But we're going to save up a million and a half <laughs> <laughs> so I can do a pilot episode whenever that could be um, because I am like dead set on that being an actual TV show. Like it has to be one day. I love it so much. Um, so your thoughts on, on authors getting their their show, you know, B.B. Uh, Easton yeah. just had one that was. Fuck yes. You know, she tried to get that traditionally published first. Oh, did she? Traditionally published. It's half memoir, half fiction. And they said, no, we don't know how we would sell this. And they turned her down. Because that is based off of her life. Like so, her, yeah. some of it is, right? Yeah. She asked them to change her name out, though, because she was like, they kind of took it and ran with it. <laughs> she, she doesn't want people to think she did everything that's in the show. Um, but yeah, it's it's based off of her life in some ways, um, which is why they said they didn't know how to sell it. And therefore, they would not take it. So she self-published it. She kicked butt with it. And then she got her deal for Netflix. And I couldn't be happier. I think it's, like, freaking amazing. Um, and I love her. She's, like, 
hippie, dippy, love and light type personality. Mm-hmm. So couldn't happen to a better person. Um, but yeah, I would I would also like one if I <laughs> we have the same agent and I'm like, could I be next, please? Where do we where do we stand in line? I miss I missed the sign up. Where where, where is that one? <laughs> I've met I've met BB Easton at a signing. I think it was in New York City, and she is lovely to meet in person. And yeah. and and that that series on Netflix um, is next on my list now that I've calmed down from the moving. I can I can get started. So hopefully you you'll you'll get yours on there and. And we get to watch your creation come on live screen. Yes. All the murder and sex. I'm excited. <laughs> yes. Let, let there be some throat um, choking. Yes. Fun. I feel Could like I associate that with dark like romance. I think they might they might switch out the fire play to something else. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you, Sorry, you know. Heather. <laughs> Damn it. It's funny because Bibi's book, um, she's with Grand Central. Um, her book is in biography. It's not in romance. Everyone keeps saying it's a romance. It is shelves in biography. Of course, I guess my it's a memoir. Yeah, I guess. Oh, you know, I put that book on our page to screen table too, of course. Yeah. And it's been selling. Oh yeah, as soon as we got it in the store, I was like, this is going downstairs in the power aisle. And it's been selling because it's, you know, I haven't read it, but I have so many good friends that have read it and just absolutely loved it Mm -hmm. and and recommends it all the time. So um, I love it when um, great things happen to people in the community. I do too. It's a great feeling. It really is. So we talked about your, your July release. Do you have any releases after that coming up? Oh yeah, I have too many releases. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) you are a writing machine, woman. I am. I am. And I write all sorts of things. Right now I'm writing in four different worlds. So after this one, which is my therapy BDSM that I co-wrote, I have um, a CEO office. It's like very limited conflict and a lot of death sex, which is like, I'm here for it. We have a damaged hero. We have a woman who hates men. It's like an excellent combination. (laughs) He just goes for it. Um, And it's standalone. It's called Tell Me You Want Me. And I literally put his ass on the cover, but I'm making a, a limited edition or special edition so that it can go into bookstores that that will be cityscape um, because I know, I know we cannot put butts um, in bookstores. <laughs> I have enshrined in the store and that is, you know, a butt that's that's a is an amazing cover. Yes. I love Shell Bliss. I love her. Um, yeah. So I'm really excited for that one. It's a standalone, um, like it's, it's just feel good. It's lots of feel good. And um, that's, I'm excited to write that one and to release that one, um, like back to back. And then I have my paranormal. It's basically werewolf. Yes. I want that book. That's smelling like hotcakes. And I'm so surprised. Wait for the next book. So you better send it to me as soon as it's done. I will. I absolutely will. Um, It's called Wounded Kiss is the the first book. And I do not write paranormal. I write dark, which is my bread and butter. And I started with contemporary and I've started rewriting that with, um, you know, Tequila Rose and that world, which is like small time romance. So I was shocked, absolutely shocked that Wounded Kiss took off because in my head I was like, it's Halloween. I feel like writing this. I'm going to do this. And I put it out there and I was like, I'm just going to put it out there. And then it took off and I was like, wait a minute. Well, 
what was the secret recipe, guys? I've read both your, con- I've read your contemporary and your paranormal. Your contemporary, the alpha guys, translate well to paranormal werewolf shifters, you know? So it's, it, to me, it's an easy transition for you to be able to do that. They're all the very like dominating kind of like there's a little bit of damage and insecurity in that, but very dominating and very I'm going to protect. I think that that's like just a part of my psyche is like, like I want the hero to protect. And that's just an aspect of that trope. When you have werewolves, it's like faded love, like we'll die for them, that type of feeling. I want that in all of my heroes, like die for me. My husband probably is like, he's sitting downstairs, but he was, no. <laughs> in the book, though. We can have it in the book. Anything's possible in the book. Mm-hmm. So so your paranormal comes out in October? Mm-hmm. Okay, perfect. And then I have another BDSM, sexy, um, it's Merciless World spinoff, and that's my fourth world. Um, and it's my baby. Like, I love the merciless world. I will forever write in it. I want to get lost in it. I have a million stories to write and it's the fourth cross brother. So a lot of people are waiting on his book and I'm, it, it kind of starts a spinoff, um, world that's like a, a type of underground. So mafia underground. So I'm, I'm really excited to write that one. So I'm writing a lot and I'm doing a lot. And then I have a mechanic come spring. So, <laughs> so I'm just all okay. over the place. So we um, always, at the end of our interviews, um, ask you uh, what your favorite cocktail is. I love that apple sauce. What did you make me? The last time we got together, Natasha's holding the baby, you were making me something in a crock pot with cinnamon, and it was delicious. Um, I don't remember the name of it. Um, it's in my notes, but it is apple cider and whiskey and cinnamon sticks and brown sugar and just all the good oh stuff. Oh my God. It like sneaks up on you. I would be on the floor cause I would just guzzle it cause it was so easy to drink. Like I'm going to say that one's my favorite. I don't even like whiskey, but I love that drink. Like apparently I do like whiskey. <laughs> so next girl's night, that's what, that's what Willow wants. Heck yes. I will sleep like a baby. Well, better, better. I will sleep better than a baby. Actually. (laughs) One that sleeps. Yes. One that actually sleeps. So. Yeah. He is adorable. So where can we find you? Where are your social media platforms? I'm everywhere. I'm on TikTok. I am on Instagram. Um, I've started tweeting, which is interesting. Apparently I like the Twitterverse. Um, I'm on Facebook. I have a Facebook group called Willow Winter's Wildflowers. Um, and like, I try to, I like to be everywhere. I like to do everything, but TikTok is where I'm having the most fun right now. Um, and if you go to any of my, um, like Twitter, Instagram, they all have a link on them. And if you click that link, it will give you all of the information to follow me everywhere, including BookBub and, um, like anywhere that has a place to follow. I have tried to be. I enjoy your TikTok. Well, I might even join OnlyFans and just read excerpts. <laughs> Are you sure you're not looking at foot porn? <laughs> exactly. I'll create book book OnlyFans 
or somehow it'll create like instead of book talk, it'll be something like that on OnlyFans because there's got to be something that converts on there. Like <laughs> <laughs> you can tell us you're looking at foot porn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's okay, aren't we all though? <laughs> well, Willow, I love talking with you. I could talk to you forever. In fact, I'll be talking to you tomorrow night at book club. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I can't wait for book club. I love this. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah. Thanks so much. Bye guys. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. You can find us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts on our website at cocktailsandpajamaspodcast.com um, and on Facebook and Instagram at Cocktails and Pajamas Podcast. See you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.